Welcome to the Bible Breakdown. It's a black man and woman in America who no longer identify as believers. This show contains adult languages, themes, and isn't meant for children. As black people, we respect the history of the black church in America, but its current state is massively abusive and we think the Bible might be part of the problem. Listen and let us know what you think. Peace. Nice. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown. I'm Kat. And I'm T. Yes, you are. So before we get into it, you have something to say to the people. What do you want to say? Yeah. So I went back and took the time to listen to just some of the podcast stuff that we've done recently. And I also um, just this is just something that's been on my mind. So first of all, um, I want to apologize to our audience um, because I don't feel like I have been the most um, I don't even know the word. I don't feel like I've, I've I've given the best effort that I could have that I've can give to this podcast. Um, whether that be with giving my opinion or whether that be with um, just you know fully being knowledgeable about the subject matter, many things. So I just want to you know be a better um host for you all. In addition to that, um, want to apologize to my co-host. Um, simply because, um, and we talked about this a little bit offline, but I think a lot of times when we're talking on here, we, um, I don't think we're really disagreeing with like how we feel as far as like, you know, human rights, you know, things like that and trying to make the world a better place. Um, I think we just disagree with our approach. So whereas it does make for entertaining content, um, I just want to give an apology on air because, um, you know, you are my friend. You've been my friend for a long time. We have had our own personal relationship for a long time. And so, you know, I do value that. Um, I think the space that I'm moving in in life, I just, um, it's hard to try to please everyone and it becomes frustrating and I don't want to take that on anyone. So I'm trying to do a lot of self-reflection, self-healing lately and just understanding that, I can only control what I can control. And, um, you know, I would like people to be as empathetic as understanding, um, as I feel like I am, but I don't think, you know, I can't control what other people do. So with that being said, um, going forward, I just want to make sure I'm doing my due diligence for the podcast as far as like bringing my best foot forward. Um, I'm actually going to start trying to read the verses before we, um, even do the podcast. And then I'll obviously have to reread them when we record, but I just want to make sure like I'm bringing as much, um, of a, of a discussion as possible. Um, also I want to, cause I feel like cat sometimes do the, does what I call a lawyerism. And when we have our debates, she, um, she, and a lot of people that I just know in life, they do this thing where they like, you'll say something and then they try to say something. And what I call is basically a spin move. And it's like, yeah, I'm not really saying that, but the way you're framing it makes it seem like I'm saying that. And so I want to go on record to just say that, um, yeah, when I say I don't know, or I don't, you know, I'm not comfortable or whatever the case is. It's actually in, um, it's actually, um, uh, yeah, I'm just in a, I'm I'm in a space right now where I am in a search for truth and that's just where it is. 
So it can, you know, um, a, a famous Jay-Z quote is like, you know, I'm in search of the truth, even if it comes through Taylor Swift, meaning like it doesn't necessarily matter where it comes from. But I think that's what we should all aspire to is truth. Um, now, we try to dissect the Bible, I think, on here from a literal sense. I'm wrong. Cat, correct me. But I think from the literal sense of when we've tried to dissect it, if we're taking this from a literal sense, as most people, I think. Do um, then I feel like a lot of things that we've read on here, you know, if we were to apply them to today's standards is. Kind of fucked up, you know, just I mean, there's no way around that. Um, however, I do recognize and I said this before that there are people who either a don't take it in the literal sense or B they um it's it's an interpretation for them and so i i totally understand that when they read this or they hear about these things um they might not they might not choose to look at it from that viewpoint and so um i've said that i'll try to be a moderator on here and whereas i think there is some room for that i do think that cat made a great point last time is that i just need to give more of my actual opinion versus trying to please everyone so that's just where I'm with, with everything. So I'll try to do better about that going forward. Okay. Well, that was a lot. Um, thank you for your apology. Um, I accept it. Um, um, I also apologize for anything I've done to make you feel like I'm like lawyerizing. Um, like I said, I'm just giving my opinions on things as well. So, um, but I do like to hear that you've, um, you know, want to do more for the podcast. That's always good to hear. I feel like, you know, you've done a lot and I think that it's perfectly natural over the course of time. Like we just kind of like, Hey, it helps to grow. And I, and I think it's really good. You've been listening back to it because it is a big difference, like recording it as opposed to listening to it having you know done both so i'm um, and it, it is interesting to see kind of over time how um you know reading the bible has kind of in this way has i mean it's changed um like kind of how i see it because it's even worse than i thought so it's kind of interesting in that aspect but um like yeah actually you know when you mention people who don't take this literally which is great. You shouldn't. Um, but there are a lot of people who say they do like whether mm -hmm. they do or not, they say they do. And once again, it doesn't really work well as a holy book. If you say, Hey, this was just the best of attempt by some desert people a long time ago. And it's, it's a whole lot of, you know, violence. And, um, to me, just the way it's described scamming, like just, outright in their own words I mean to me like you can you can interpret anything any kind of way you know like you can make a case for almost any type of book even Mein Kampf I'm sure uh, which was you know Hitler's manifesto like you can find stuff in there that isn't all the way terrible but the overarching theme is bad because it's about you know racism and eugenics and I just feel the same way about the Bible so far. Like once again, we were only in into five books, but so far it's mostly been some, you know, like it's, it's incest and colonization and rape. And like, it's the, the good parts are just so few and far between that it, it to me is a leap to call this good, but 
That's why we're reading it, because we never know. It could really pick up. People are like, hey, that's the Old Testament. Like, that's not even, but it's like, it's most of it. Yeah. And I think you brought a point um, last time on the podcast. If not, then I definitely know we talked about this personally. But just the, I think when we take our different approaches on the topics, I think something you said that was really important that really stuck out to me was, you know, regardless, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it was basically regardless if, you know, God is real or not, or if this book is meant to be literal or not, it's like, because of when we're reading it literally and it comes off a certain way, then how do we basically know when to go in and pick and choose what to use and what not? And obviously everybody interprets things differently. And so there's no real standard of like, oh, you should do this, but don't do this. And so I think to piggyback off of that kind of idea, that's where it becomes what I believe confusing for a lot of people. And I think that's where a lot of people may struggle, um, which is understandable. You know, life is hard. Um, there's no real, you know, solution to how to fix all of our problems. And I also want to say this too, um, before we get started, it's like when I'm also, you know, dissecting these things or we're dissecting these things, well, I'll say this particularly for me, but it's not like I'm trying to rain necessarily on anybody's parade, but I also just feel like, and I, I've said this, I think before on here, but I'm definitely, we will restate. It's not like I don't, I wouldn't want to go to heaven, you know, like for me personally, I just think like, yeah, I would love to go to this paradise and be with my friends and we just you know, there's no more pain and suffering and stuff like that. I just feel that that may not be the case. Like I I personally feel like when you die, you just die. And which personally, I feel like that's kind of what makes life a lot more beautiful is because you have this finite amount of time and we should take advantage of it. And so the things that bother us maybe are not as important as we, um, as we let continue to bother us. So hope all that made sense. Um, I enjoyed stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed doing this. Um, I have some personal things going on in life that just, you know, have really made me re question my approach to all of this, but regardless, um, because, and I, I mean, I don't mind sharing a little bit of it, but it's just like, you know, I move in spaces where like a lot of people know that I do this podcast and, Whereas Kat has been very um, selective of the people she has told, um, I was not as careful. And because of that, it's getting a lot of backlash Um, and rightfully so. You know, I should just be more careful and more mindful. And this has definitely been a learning experience um, for myself of just like, you know, you can't tell everybody. And also, I'm just learning that, you know, perspective is reality. So if I'm to a lot of people, me just questioning any of this is, is, is an attack to them. And I certainly don't want to necessarily do that, but I also, you know, again, I want to be in search of truth. I want us to make the world a better place. So that's always the level that I'm coming from. Word up. Listen, the search search for truth is ongoing. That's the thing. Cause our world is constantly changing. So I think part of the appeal of a lot of belief systems is like, ah, I found it. This is it. This is the rock I can lay my beliefs upon. But 
even in the real world, rocks are shifting. <laughs> like things don't <laughs> stay the same. So um, it's a, the work of life is ongoing. So understanding life, understanding what's moral in different situations, because as situations change, morality has to change. Like there was a reason why we look down upon people who are sexually promiscuous. That could lead to a lot of problems. There wasn't safe birth control. There wasn't uh, a safe way to not pass STIs to people. Like there really was a good reason for that. Now that we have things in place where it's like, listen, pregnancy isn't as much of a concern. We can figure out paternity. Like we can figure out how to pass STIs like, or how to not pass STIs. So like, yeah, things change over time. But um, now we get to read about, oh wait, we need to do last time. We do. But before you say oh, that, I just okay. want to make one, two more points. One, with the sexual promiscu promiscuity and things like that. Um, yeah, I I feel like with the Bible in correlation to how humanity has evolved, like as far as technology, we've certainly gotten to a place in life where like things are a lot easier. Like the world is still fucked up in a hard place. But I think things like, you know, we can get diseases and things like that kind of eradicated especially in certain areas so i think that the one of the issues that we face now is that whereas we've evolved technologically we have not evolved so much mentally and what i mean by that is just we or emotionally and what i mean by that is like we i don't think a lot of people have done the work outside of just going to church or whatever religion they want to subscribe to, or maybe just internalizing things like a lot of people have not seek or sought help in more professional manners. Like what I mean, this is such as like therapy and, you know, trying to be better communicators and things like that. It's like, no, I just feel how I feel. And this is okay. And I think that there can be a lot of gray area and a lot of problems with that, because if we're not continuing to push ourselves to grow, then we continue to repeat the same mistakes that we've done in the past. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there to piggyback off of that. And um, I had something else, but I'll bring this up later on. Um, it's just particularly about, you know, the Bible versus um, old mythology, like Greeks and stuff like Greek gods and stuff like that. But I'll bring that up. So last time on Bible breakdown. Uh, um, yeah, we, we talked about um, we talked about the priest uh what was it priest and judges or i'm sorry we did we talked about priests and judges yes and, the legal uh, that's the word i was looking for legal decisions by priests and judges yeah and child and sacrifice do. and divination and magic prohibited which is why harry potter means you love killing babies <laughs> and we talked about privileges of priests and uh levites as well um and the so, fact yeah, that they're I'm, not required to have any education. <laughs> like, yeah, which they is. They just have to rely on whatever uh, they're hearing from the Lord who's talking to them through the fire, I guess. Yeah. And again, I think moments like that can be a problem, particularly if we harp back to like, you know, the Moses situation where he was hearing the voice of God it's like, oh, he's saying this and he's the only person that's hearing it. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, I just again, 
I want God to talk to me too, you know? No, so I would, I because would, the people said, if we hear from God again, we'll die. God, Moses, don't make us talk to God again. <laughs> you just talk to God for us. We can't handle it. And I'm like, no, that's just, that sounds like someone's taking a lot of creative liberties with the narrative. <laughs> if uh, To me, because the other thing they kind of were saying, not in... Uh, I, I'd have to go back to remember exactly which verses, but they keep saying like basically the original group that they take out of Egypt is not going to make it into the promised land, which mm. I think is just a handy sort of um, maybe narrative device for people who are out in the wilderness and be like, actually, we used to be up there, you know, living it up, but we've just been wandering all this time. But there's no way to verify it because none of the people who are alive for it, you know, are still alive. So. Um, I don't know. All of this is just mighty convenient. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. So, um, all right. What are we about? Like Deuteronomy 20. 19, new revised Deut standard version, because there has to be lots of versions of the one truth God was trying to tell us. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into it. So laws concerning the cities of refuge. When the Lord your God has cut off the nations whose land the Lord your God has given you, and you have dispossessed them and settled in their towns and in their houses, you shall set apart three cities in the land that the Lord your God has given you to possess. You shall calculate the distances and divide into three regions the land that the Lord your God gives you as a possession, so that any homicide can flee to one of them. <laughs> okay. Now this is the case of a homicide who might flee there and live. That is someone who has killed another person unintentionally um, when the two had not been at enmity before. Enmity. Yeah. Okay. I said that before. Or I said that right. Suppose, um, suppose someone goes into the forest with another to cut wood, and then one of them swings the axe to cut down a tree. The head slips from the handle and strikes the other person who then dies. The killer may flee to one of these cities and live, but if the distance is too great, the avenger of blood in hot anger might pursue and overtake and put the killer to death. Although a death sentence was not deserved since the two had not been at enmity before. Therefore I command you, you shall set apart three cities. If the Lord, your God, I feel like we've read this before or something similar to this, or am I just tripping? Yes, you're not. Most of Deuteronomy has just been rehashing stuff. Like we read it, okay. the Ten Commandments and like, yeah. so this is the remake. Yes, yeah, the remix. remix. That's why a lot, of, a lot of the stuff is slightly different. Cause it's like, wait a minute. Cause uh, Moses was trying to say like, um, how good the Lord treats you. You've never wanted for anything. It's like, hold on. <laughs> that's not yeah. even like last chat. Like we know that's not how it went. So sorry. Yeah. It's a, but yes, you're not crazy. Okay. All right. No, I just wanted to, I was like, this feels very familiar, but okay. Um, I'm on Deuteronomy, um, 19 verse eight. If the Lord, your God enlarges your territory, he swore to your ancestors and he will give you all the land that he promised your ancestors to give you, provided you diligently observe the entire commandment that I command you today by loving the Lord, your God and walking away in his ways, then you shall add three more cities to these three so that the blood of an innocent person may not be shed in the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, thereby uh, bringing blood guilt upon you. But if someone at enmity with another lies in wait and attacks and takes the life of that person and flees into one of these cities, then the elders of the killer city shall send to have the culprit taken from there and handed over to the avenger of blood to be put to death. Show no pity. 
you shall purge the guilt of innocent blood from Israel so that it may go well with you. Property boundaries. You must not move your neighbor's boundary marker set up by former generations on the property that will be allotted to you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Law concerning witnesses. A single witness shall not suffice to convict a person of any crime or wrongdoing in connection with any offense that may be committed. Only on the evidence of two or three witnesses shall a charge be sustained. If a malicious witness comes forward to accuse someone of wrongdoing, then both parties to the dispute shall appear before the Lord, before the priests and the judges who are in office in those days. And the judges shall make a thorough inquiry. If the witness is a false witness, having testified falsely against another, then you shall do the false then you shall do to the false witness just as the false witness had meant to do to the other. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. The rest shall hear and be afraid, and a crime such as this shall never again be committed among you. Show no pity, life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Ooh. Th- thoughts. Well, I, I have some. <laughs> I got to say, this is weird. Um, the fact that you're already like, even though you just told them not to kill each other, it's like, but I mean, just in case you do, we want to make sure things aren't too uncomfortable for the murderers. So we're going to set up three cities. And so if somebody just accidentally kills somebody or they, I don't know, to me, um, didn't really like, that didn't seem like a justice system that I would want. So if like the- I agree. Yeah, Christian right ever does take over the government and implements Bible rules. This will be one of the things that's really, really uncomfortable. Um, and then also there's the famous line in here, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, mm-hmm. which um, once again is like in direct opposition with Jesus's message of turn the other cheek. So it's just whichever one at any time you want to go with. They're both quoted. All right. So, <laughs> I mean, are you, do you have anything else to add or? Um, I think that was about, it was kind of funny. I did chuckle to myself when they gave the scenario about the ax head swinging and killing somebody yeah. by accident. Yeah. That was kind of cartoonish. That's it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay. So I'll just pick up there. First of all, I don't know how you can even prove, I mean, I, if I and someone goes into the woods and, you know, I end up killing them, whether, you know, by mistake, I don't know how you can prove that it was by mistake. I mean, I guess there are ways and depending on the circumstance. And also, I don't know how you can really prove that we didn't have like some type of beef from before. Right. Um, <laughs> like it's like just a way to let people <laughs> off for murder. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how that's done, but also more importantly, um, yeah, I, and I, I think I've, I've definitely spoken about this before on the podcast. So the the Bible keeps repeating itself. So I guess we keep regurgitating our points. But um, yeah, I'm not a fan of murder. You know, I'm not a fan of that at all. I'm not a fan of that being the um, the deciding factor when something's done. I know I recognize as an individual that as an individual, something a wrongdoing you know, accosted me or my family or something like that. And I, 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 as an individual want to seek vengeance. I think that's a human thing to do. What I don't think is as a society, we should be implementing any type of murder or anything like that. Um, I just, I don't believe in that because I feel like as a society, we have to be better than the individual. 
That's what I got. I, I agree. Um, yeah, this seemed like a lot of rigor mold to get people out of trouble for killing someone. Because honestly, that would be really hard to believe. And be like, yeah, we went to the woods. We never had any problems before. And I was just trying to cut down a tree. And the the blade slipped off the stick and just flew into his head. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I mean, I'm certain, you know, like, obviously that could, I guess, happen. But the likeliness is so low. And then it just it's just not a good look. And I honestly don't think it's a good example. But obviously... This is the example of that time. We have the benefit of being born in this era. And so, you know, it any story. It would have been bad back then. No, absolutely. <laughs> I'm not discrediting that at all. What I'm saying is in this era, we've, I mean, I'm, I feel like we've seen so many documentaries where like somebody's tried to get away with something and it's just like, mm, like you remember Tiger King <laughs> and yes. that lady, like, you know, Girl her husband Baskins. just, yeah, her husband just died and. It was like oh, nobody, he, nothing. Just nobody knows. He was, yeah. And it's just like mm, I like to think that like he she... did get away and like was able to escape with his Puerto Rican mistress. Okay, well, that's the you know. See, see, that's the the, the you interpreting the goodness in the world. <laughs> I don't know There's, about the goodness, it, but you know, it's in it, it's in you. It's in you. I just I mean, know you, wealthy people have a way of making things happen true but i just feel like the like i feel like sometimes it's just a good it's a good thought or a good story um but i don't certainly i don't know i think he's dead i always I like stories about people getting away like to me that's um have you watched narcos mexico no i don't usually those are usually too um violent for me but i do i was saying that because one of the drugs this ties into what you were saying. A drug lord um, by the name of uh, Amado Carrillo Fuentes, um, <clears throat> he took over for a while in the Mexican Juarez cartel type stuff. And um, it's been speculated that he got away because he went in. He was so, you know, sought after and wanted by the authorities. Obviously, he's a drug trafficker and he was so infamous that he had to go and try to get plastic surgery. And so that he tried to do that. And the story goes that he died on the operating table, but then some people feel like he was able to actually able to pull it off because the surgeons who operated on him ended up dead later on. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, it's just one That's of those moments. Telling. Yeah. It's kind of like when the yeah. guys who uh, made the castles with the secret passageways and stuff, and it's like, Oh, the architects died. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, yeah, it's like everyone who knew where the secrets were are dead. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> man, it's like it's a cold world. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna. I keep saying I'm gonna do this one day. We need to start a Patreon, and I can like start giving my real thoughts because this is still like kind of the lightweight, nice version of me. I want to give. Is it? <laughs> yes. I don't feel like that has been there at oh, all but okay i could be i mean not that you're not nice but i feel like you've been giving a lot of your opinion i could be way more vicious what is that um saying you always associate when people be like arrogant black bitch yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes. i feel like you give those vibes a lot sometimes yes and i and the thing is i love the word arrogant because i've had it hurled at me a lot over my life but it just means like i think too highly of myself and i'm like you know what I think maybe that's true, but I'm going to keep doing that because I don't get good results when I think lowly of myself. 
though. See, I think you got to strike a balance. No, I think I need to like pump myself up more because I've been worshiping like a white dude for most of my life. So I think I need to like. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Cesar Borsha. Yeah. So I think um, it might be time to, you know, maybe give some of that energy back to myself a little bit. I'm just saying. A lot of people don't know that, too. And I know we spoke about that on here before, but just in case you're new. The uh the white Jesus that you'd be seeing in your granny's um you know den or whatever yeah. yeah that's that's Cesar Borgia yeah. he, Cesare um, Borgia C- Cesare Borgia he um, I don't know I he, just like saying it like that he just he he if you I I learned that story from the Forty Eight Laws of Power but he basically I watched it from watching um, the Borgias on Netflix well no art history like I took art history courses oh well I didn't but he basically um. Yeah, he he was such a infamous warlord that he, you know, he understood the power of image early on and storytelling early on. And so Mm -hmm. he made all the artists basically make the image of God. Well, it was his his father was the pope. So his father, yeah, yeah, wanted him to be like, yeah, like because they were just concerned with power. So it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, use my image and the image of my children as the gods. And mm-hmm. the goddesses, because what's funny is a lot of the images that we think of of Mary, the Virgin Mary, those would often mm-hmm. be the king and pope's mistresses would sit for yeah. those portraits. So that's fun to think about. That's lit. That's actual, actually, actually ironic, and not the way people usually use irony because it's the opposite. Because they were super slutty instead of virginal. Yeah, yeah. So and just I don't, putting that and out I don't there. Use slutty as a pejorative. I think sluts are the best people. Oh, I think the world needs sluts. Yeah. And I would like, but that's a whole nother conversation. I'm going to try to get this uh, Deuteronomy in before the break. It's uh, Deuteronomy 20, Rules of Warfare. I'm sure it's going to read exactly like something a God would come up and not a bunch of violent men that did not have toilet paper. When you go out to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army larger than your own, you shall not be afraid of them for the Lord your God is with you who brought you up in the land of Egypt. Before you engage in battle, the priest shall come forward and speak to the troops and shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are drawn near to do battle against your enemies. Do not lose heart, do not be afraid or panic or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord, your God, who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Then the officials shall address the troops, saying, Has anyone built new, a new house but not dedicated it? You should go back to his house, or he might die in battle, and another dedicate it. Has anyone planted a vineyard but not yet enjoyed its fruit? You should go back to his house, or he might die in battle, and another be to the first to enjoy its fruits. Has anyone become engaged to a woman but not yet married her? You should go back to his house, or he might die in battle, and another marry her. The officials shall continue to, do, continue to address the troops, saying, Is anyone afraid? Or disheartened, he should go back to his house, or he might cause the heart of his comrades to melt like his own. When the officials have finished addressing the troops, then commanders shall take charge of them. When you draw near to a town to fight against it, offer it terms of peace. If it accepts your terms of peace and surrenders to you, then all the people in it shall serve you at forced labor. If it does not submit to you peacefully but makes war against you then you shall besiege it and when the lord your god gives it into your hand you shall put all its males to the sword you may however take as your booty the women the children livestock and everything else in the town all its spoil you may enjoy the spoil of your enemies which the lord your god has given you thus 
you shall treat all the towns that are very far from you, which are not towns of the nations here. But as for the towns of these people that the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance, you must not let anything that breathes remain alive. You shall annihilate them the Hittites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, just as the Lord your God has commanded so that they may not teach you to do all the abhorrent things that they do for their gods and you thus sin against the Lord your God. If you besiege a town for a long time, making war against it in order to take it, you must not destroy its trees by wielding an axe against them. Although you may take food from them, you must not cut them down. Are trees in the field human beings that they should come under siege from you? You may destroy only the trees that you know do not produce food. You may cut them down for the use in building siege works against the town that makes war with you until it falls. Thanks be to God. So, uh, yeah, what did you think about that? Do you think that was written by an all-knowing God or just some guy? Oh, definitely just some God. But, I mean, I don't think. Okay. I mean, it's already, hasn't it already been proven that the, the Bible was not even written by God? I think a lot of, even Christians that I've talked to, unrecognize that. Well, it was inspired. Okay, so let's just say written by or inspired by an all-knowing God or just some guy who wanted to take stuff. Um, I definitely think that is probably it. Um, cuz my my issue with the the um one of my issues with this manual is that uh and I've got I've given this example before, but there is a reason that police when a crime happens, try to question witnesses right then. It's because if they do it, you know, two days later or two weeks later or whatever, you start to forget the facts as they happen. And people are more likely to remember what happened in the moment than, you know, if you wait some time. Now, it's come to my attention that with the Bible, a lot of this wasn't even written, you know, one when Jesus died. So that I think that's kind of a problem because then if I know anything about just being a human is like, you know, we kind of embellish stories. We pump them up a little bit after time has gone by just to, you know, keep them interesting, keep them relevant and stuff like that. And For so sure. that's why we keep telling the hero's journey. We want to, you yeah, know, and so improve on it a little it's like now we're doing it with lightsabers (laughs) and so no i don't i I absolutely don't think this particular passage was written by you know god or and i I just i just have a hard time believing that god who a god who loves us would be so violent i just really have a hard time believing that because that isn't that where the love is supposed to start i would agree with you yes where is this loving god and it's supposed to be like well that's why he needed jesus to come in and bring the love but it's like okay but that's kind of weird if you think about it it's like you're just supposed to be a loving god or you're just this really really angry god who once again who's like hey you can kill all the dudes but i mean by all means i mean keep the hose you know like i'm i'm your buddy like i'm not unreasonable but sometimes i do need you to annihilate everybody so it just kind of depends on where you're attacking and stuff like yeah this is um 
That's this is this is a series of words that were put in an order that um make me think that whoever wrote them was, you know, super into forced labor. Like I love that that they thank you Bible cuz I didn't even know that was in there cuz I know they say slavery all the time, but thank you for the clarification that you mean forced. That was in chat in uh verse mm-hmm. 10. Or I'm sorry, eleven. If it uh, accepts your terms, surrender then all the people, it shall serve you at forced labor. So yeah. So basically, meaning um, if you know, if we take over an area, that's if they're yeah, nice. Then yeah, we can enslave all the people to be our, you know, yeah, forced labor. Um, you know, in but if they put up a fight, kill them all. Which them okay all. brings me to a relevant point right now in in history. That is exactly happening right now mm-hmm. with the Russia and Ukraine thing. And I'm not on here to, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to get into a political thing per se, but I will say this. Oh, get political. I will say it. this just from, and I'm not the most well-versed guy, but just from the things that I've read and seen. And, you know, I think personally that the, the, the gas, the, the way Russia is going about this is kind of just, you know, it's, it's basically a drug war, but it's about gas. Um, You know, they felt, People were encroaching on their territory and they had to, you know, make an example. They had to crack some fucking heads. Yeah. Oh, all, all, all wars are about. Resources. Yeah. So whatever. We don't have to get into that. But I had I was on Twitter a couple of days ago and it came to my attention that um, one, I, apparently Russia is at I guess we're going we're 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 in a moment right now where there could be a nuclear Armageddon. I think that was the word that was used. And then I saw something that said, well, if nuclear missiles are released, particularly upon America, they're only going to give us 10 minutes of an alert. And to tie that into what we're talking about now, the reason that I think that's relevant is because if we're being the country or the place that's being attacked, it's like, I don't have shit to do with what's going on, you know? with any of this man i'm just a guy trying to live my life like why do i have to die like i didn't you know you could argue like well you voted for these people but like i've been a proponent of i don't think this is the the way to go about things for a while now so it just it's just a really unfortunate mentality that we have to kill the entire fucking population because of of a few people you know like that's that's really ridiculous to me I think that's what happens when there's too many dudes in a room. (laughs) I'm not going to disagree on that at all. Because that's something um, kind of interesting. Like a lot of these, um, at least so far in the Bible, like there's just a prescription for male leadership. Like it's, it's all, it's so understood. They almost don't even say it, but like, the fact that they're obviously just addressing men and telling you how to treat women, like they're not even going through trouble saying like, this isn't even for chicks. It's just already understood. Like this isn't for the girls. So there's no female leadership. Now I will say later on, I think when they get into the judges and stuff, there is a female judge named Deborah, but it's just kind of like, she's an exception to the rule. Like for most it's, um, we're, we're in very patriarchal societies is all I'm saying. We're like most of the people who have power and are in leadership are men. And for whatever reason, men feel like violence is the best way to solve a lot of stuff. <laughs> like, um, 
because to me it's it's such a incredible waste of resources like we're fighting over resources but we're wasting so many resources fighting over these resources so how about like i think it's a better rule where we agree we don't attack each other based on uh religious practice because the the justification here for uh the lord is giving as to why it's okay to kill people is because they don't want he doesn't want you teaching them their ways which will piss god off and so that's that's not a good reason to kill people. which is cutting yourself off to knowledge because as i've argued before yeah. i think there's something to be learned from all walks and so I, i'm not a proponent of cutting yourself off from learning things um but if you remember that is the first story with people in the bible is about the search for mm -hmm. knowledge and its punishment mm -hmm. Which, <laughs> but yes, our first story is about seeking knowledge and God punishing that. So I guess this is still, this is would be where the Bible is being consistent. Yeah. When it comes to that murder, man, it, it's definitely consistent yeah. in that fashion for sure. Um, yeah. Again, not a. Oh, something I did like. Oh, yeah. Uh, last, uh, last chapter, something I did like. Uh, God is telling the Israelites to not cut down trees that produce food. Like, if you're going to build stuff, just cut down the trees that don't make food. No, that's, I, mean, I don't think that's smart. Yeah. that's a, I think that's a pretty good rule as far as I know. You should probably check with ecologists and stuff like that. But that one made sense. That wasn't, and it wasn't especially violent. And it was too. It's like they keep men re mentioning axes and cutting down trees. They must have just been kind of on a kick. Yeah, you know. Um, but that's probably a big part of their lives, though, because you know they. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have you know old and stuff like that. Well, yeah. at least electric ones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah so, I don't know. I don't have anything else uh, really to add to that, um, other than you know what we just talked about. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and jump into Deuteronomy 21. Oh boy, this looks like it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, it's pretty long. Once again, we can just see if this is um, really stuff you want to live by. I will say this. I do I do enjoy the more rule-based things versus the story-based stuff, um, some of it, because I think with the rule-based things, it allows us to discuss more of like, oh, okay, is this ethical or not ethical? Um, it's a little bit more straightforward, I guess is what I'm getting to versus like the stories are kind of like, mm, you can kind of, I mean, you know, if we're reading them literally, then you know, a lot of these stories are yeah. not great. <laughs> um, so, but that, I don't know that just for me. So, you know, what you just read was a lot of just like, this is how, these are the rules of warfare and it kind of broke everything down. And like, I, you know, I don't agree with a lot of that, but I think it was good to just see that because it was like okay this i think this is a moment where we had where, where you said well, what do we know to take and what do we know not to take i think that was a perfect example of it it's like we can literally read that and be like maybe we shouldn't do this stuff <laughs> like maybe we should you know maybe we shouldn't kill these people that we are subjugating like or, yeah because you know, they're whatever. doing god wrong yeah like maybe that's and not like I said, like answer. for most people, like it really isn't a choice. Like a lot of times your religious beliefs are just really based on who your parents are and where you grew up. So like Ooh. the idea that you deserve to die for that doesn't really seem right. But to me. <laughs> yeah. Have we read um 
this okay. I'm going somewhere with this. Have we read the um prodigal son story already? What? The prodigal son. No. Where he, you know. No. We read that, right? That's no, we haven't gotten to that. Oh, okay. That's actually one of my favorite oh, stories okay. in the Bible. Because it I mean it's like, you know, I'm I haven't to think I don't even know if that's I don't in think the, I've, isn't that in the New Testament. Might be. Might be. Might be. Just one of my favorite. I like a story. I like a redemption. Yeah, arc. that was because yeah, Jesus and told I think, it. I think. Okay. All right. Um. Well, we obviously have a ways to get to that if we haven't already read it. But the point I was making about bringing that up is I think that the Bible, given its current context, would, if it was ever remade or remixed, I think it would serve better to tell stories where. God actually is more loving like cuz the prodigal son is literally, you know, he has son, he goes off, he does, you know, he basically fucks up everything and the, the he comes back and he's like the father is still like you're still my son, I'm still going to, you know, take care of you and the other son that he has is kind of pissed off like what the fuck? I've been doing all the right shit and you're still going to take this guy back. And I just think that's a perfect example of like not a perfect example, but I think that's an example of as a human, how we should be to a degree It's like people make mistakes. We have to let them go on their path. And then when they come back, we can have a different conversation and be like, and it doesn't have to be like, I told you so, but it's like, I still love you. And I think that's, I, I like stuff like that. Cause I want us to still be able to continue to grow and come together, even if we don't agree. Okay, Just but here's here's always been my place. problem with the prodigal son. Okay, good. <laughs> so off topic, we haven't even gotten there, but it always frustrated me because it is a big middle finger to people who have been doing the work. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. And it's kind of yes. like damn like so not only have I been working my ass off so that we can have these resources to welcome this person back into the fold and I'm not even saying we shouldn't welcome them back but I'm just saying you going super it's just like when kids love the absentee parent it's because you can love this person from afar because you can idealize them because you're not seeing them day to day and all of their fallibility the same way it's always more exciting with like a new girlfriend or mistress than it is with your wife because you're in the day-to-day with them but they're the person mm. who's putting in the work and actually being there and loving you because love doesn't look like a rom-com like the day in and day out work of life and like what it takes to really love and grow someone so that's why I always felt a way about the prodigal son not the fact that you took him back so of course you're gonna take your child back but also the fact too where it's like man you could recognize maintaining a standard of excellence over time it's not as fun and sexy as this person who's been breaking your heart and now you know has come back to you like but yeah like I know it's boring but I've been managing the looming floor for all the sheep you know like all this stuff takes work so yeah I okay I'm glad you said that because I I have something that I know you've said before that I feel like slightly contradicts that We've talked about, and this is more a political base, but when we've talked about like um, universal basic income or unemployment and how you feel like we should get universal basic income, and you've made the argument that I'm willing to pay a little bit more to get the people out of the workforce who are not going to be constructive to the workforce 
And I think a lot of people would make the argument that I'm doing work. Why the fuck should I have to go to work when these people aren't working? Well, the whole thing is would be you wouldn't have to. <laughs> right? Okay. Like, Please elaborate. I mean, you wouldn't. Yeah, but, like you but, would. It, then how do how do if, if if everybody feels like oh okay well that person's not going to work I'm not going to work there are people who work then. who don't have to like people like to be useful like a lot of people like they even have like jobs for people like that they're just called greeters people who are just trying to get out of the house and stuff like people are still going to want to do jobs and stuff even if they don't have to is my first point but it, it doesn't even relate to the the prodigal son thing because my whole issue with it is the father in the story who is also like a metaphor for god like that's the whole point of the story and Absolutely. so god like you're obviously favoring this person who's not even doing the work like that's crazy like even in a family situation mm. it's like because you see it play out where it's like there's the favorite child and they can fuck up, do whatever, and you just keep, you know, like loving on them. But it's like, but the child who's responsible, you're usually really hard on. And it's like, and maybe that's why they're so productive, but seeing that imbalance and how like this person gets poured into while I'm just meant to like keep going unwatered, but still do like way more is expected of me. I think that is, that's fucked up. But you see, okay, so in this moment, you see how something like that can be taken two different ways and how people can get uh -huh. two different things out of that. Because for me, I, I, I recognize that point, and I think that is a very good point. I also recognize, and I feel like what I would want out of the world, though, is to be like very understanding, very empathetic amongst us as human beings, and understanding like, okay, this person messed up, but like we, you, I, I want you to learn from it. I want you to become better, but I don't want a society where we continue to hold that against somebody. No, I wouldn't say keep holding it against them. I'm just saying, let's not go overboard praising them while unrecognized, while not recognizing the people who do the work. It's the same way. I kind of felt like I, when people were, um, you know, wanting to fight medical professionals during the pandemic and stuff. It's like, hey, these are the people doing the work. Like, we need to be listening to them, not giving them a harder time. Instead of just like, it'd be like if someone finally came to the hospital after admitting COVID's real. We're just like, oh, we're just so glad that they finally recognized it was real. It's like, no, this is not a good thing. Like, you could have, like, done what you were supposed to anyway. Like, that would have been, like, better for everyone, you included. Like, so in the prodigal son thing, like... I don't want to make it seem like I just would expect us to drag the prodigal son forever, but like it, it, the the faithful son had a point, which is you don't really recognize me like you should because I'm always with you, and maybe that's why you don't even see me because you're just so used to seeing me. And I think that that now that we've broken that down even more, without even actually reading the story, and you're right, it doesn't come to like yeah <laughs> in, Luke, um, in Luke, but um. That is a perfect, uh, I think, a really good example of the complexity of just humans yeah. in general, because we all interpret things. Anyway, I let's know, not get right? too caught on that. That was good though. That, that has nothing to do okay. with today, but yes. Um, Deuteronomy twenty-one, law concerning murder by persons unknown. This is going to be so interesting. <laughs> if in the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess a body is found lying in open country. And it is not known who struck the person down. 
Then your elders and your judges shall come out to measure the distance to the towns that are near the body. The elders of the town nearest the body shall take a heifer that has never been worked, one that um, has not been has not pulled in the yoke. Um, sidebar: A heifer is actually a cow that has not given birth to a calf yet. Interesting. Oh, that's why that's why it's an insult because it's almost a way of calling a woman barren. Mm-hmm. Huh, yeah, mm-hmm. heifer. Yeah, I learned that the other day. But anyway, Fun. the. The elders of that town shall bring the heifer down to a wadi with running water, which is neither plowed nor sown, and shall break the heifer's neck there in the wadi. Damn! Oh, oh my god. That's very extreme. Then the priest, the sons of the Levi, uh, then the priest, the sons of Levi, shall come forward, for the Lord your God has chosen them to minister to him and to pronounce blessings in the name of the Lord. And by their decision of all cases of dispute and assault shall be settled. All the elders of that town nearest the body shall wash their hands over the heifer whose rack was broken in the wadi. Or, I'm sorry, rack. Whose neck was broken in the wadi. And they shall declare, our hands did not shed this, our hands did not shed this blood, nor were we witness to it. Absolve, O Lord, your people Israel, whom you redeemed. Do not let the guilt of innocent blood remain in the midst of your people Israel. Then they will be absolved of the blood guilt. So you shall purge the guilt of innocent blood from your midst, because you must do what is right in the sight of the Lord. Female Captives When you go out to war against your enemies and the Lord your God hands them over to you and the Lord and the Lord your God hands them over to you and you take them captive. Suppose you see among the captives a beautiful woman whom you desire and want to marry. And so you bring her home to your house. She shall shave her head, uh, pare her nails, discard her captive's garbs, and shall remain in your house a full month, mourning for her father and mother. And after that, you may go in to her and be her husband and you shall and she shall be your wife. But if you are not satisfied with her, you shall let her go free and not sell her for money. Um, I like that. You must not treat her as a slave. And since you have, you must not treat her as a slave since you have dishonored her. The right of the firstborn. If a man has two wives, one of them loved and the other disliked. And if both the loved and the dislike have borne him sons, the firstborn being the son of the one who is disliked, then on the day when he wills his possessions to his sons, he is not permitted to treat the son of the loved one as the firstborn in preference to the son of the disliked, who is the firstborn. Contrary to what we learned about uh, Hagar and Abraham. Yeah, I was like to say this is the exact opposite. Is this is okay? We're <laughs> pivot the Lord. He changed his ways. I told you, God. He was on the booze before. Now he's off. He's getting off. He's going through rehab. He's going through his twelve step program now. All right. Um, <laughs> he must acknowledge jokes here. He must acknowledge as firstborn the son of the one who is disliked giving him a double portion of all that he has since he is the first issue of his virility virility the right of the firstborn is his rebellious children if someone had a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey his father and mother who does not heed them when they discipline him then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of the town of his town at the gate of the of that place they shall say to the elders of his town, the son, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Oh, wow. OK. Um, then all of then all the men of the town shall stone him to death. Oh, my gosh. So you shall purge the evil from your midst and all Israel will hear and be afraid. Yeah, that'll work. 
Miscellaneous laws. When someone is convicted of a crime punishable by death and is executed and you shall hang him on a tree, his corpse must not remain all night among the tree. You shall bury him that same day for anyone hung on a tree is under God's curse. You must not defile the land that the Lord your God has given you for possession. Wow. <sighs> okay, wow. there's a lot in there that I liked and there is some stuff that I definitely did not agree with. Wow. Wow, that that was a, for such a short chapter. That one was really action packed. Okay, I'm going to start with breaking the neck of this heifer, and then does this not sound like a magic spell? A little bit, yeah. I always, I always say that. You have to ritually kill an animal and say these words, and then there's a lot of mention of blood. I'm just saying, it's given. Um, Harry Potter vibes? No, not even Harry. They didn't do that in Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, I was just saying that as a, a substitute for all the magic wizard. But like, stuff. yeah, it's 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 creepy as hell. Um, the cat, female captives. What's with all the killing of animals and people? But you know, like, well, I think he said it very well at the end because people will hear about it and will uh, all Israel will hear and be afraid. I I mean, it's not like I would be willing in this time period to go up to the Levites and be like talking all the shit I'm talking, you know, on this podcast, you know, these people are constantly killing people and animals in front of everybody all the time. So no, although as a woman, um, it was said that if you, if they didn't want to marry you, they can't enslave you and you can go free. And I love although how your to, family is probably dead. Where's the part where they ask her if it's okay with her? Cause there's so many steps. <laughs> You know, like, yeah, no, they 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 definitely didn't. They they definitely said if you see a woman, she's beautiful to you, and you desire to marry her, this is what you got to do. Go you for take it. Take her to your house and go into her, her by all means. Well, no, 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 no. You can't do anything with her until a month. Yeah, until a after month a month, out. and then you can go into her. Yeah, I mean, and this yeah. is probably just a precaution to make sure she's not pregnant, like to make sure she gets a menstrual cycle, so that mm. you know she's not mm. already pregnant, so that if you do mm. go into your I mean, that's my guess. I mean, that is, no, that's that that is. It's not stated here, but that makes sense. Yeah, like that's probably the logic. I ain't taking care of nobody it. else's kids. I noticed, like in a lot of societies, like they kind of make it this sort of mystical, like oh, God said this or this is this, but it's like a lot of times it's just really pr like um like garlic keeping away vampires. It's mm -hmm. like no, obviously there's no vampires, but like garlic is really good for you. It just smells weird, and sometimes it's hard to get people to use it, but it actually does have like antibacterial, antiviral properties that can really help you. And so a lot of times putting a little scary story on it makes people more compliant, I guess. You know, when it comes to vampires, you know, one thing I never understood is like the holy water thing, because all they're doing is blessing it. And then that automatically makes it this weapon against vampires. Do you want to know what's super scary about holy water? It has a ton of fecal matter in it. Like, we're oh, like, absolutely. Because of people. Um, <laughs> yeah, people are gross. Just like, yeah, it, we're just it's a Petri dish. It. Yeah. So that's the oh, 411 that's on holy water. So, yeah, you disgusting. definitely don't want that sprinkled on you. Um, they should turn the holy water to sanitizer. Just a thought. Yeah, we kind of, um, well, I did interrupt it about the firstborn stuff with like Abraham. Uh, yeah, that's exactly the opposite of what he did with Isaac and Ishmael. 
Um, Which is really, really, oh, really, really Oh, I saw some really cool art this weekend, too. Like, I got one of the artists, he made, like, a sort of a self-portrait, but it was an, a reimagining of Abraham sacrificing Isaac um, or attempt, you know, about to or whatever. Um, once again, that okay. story is absolutely terrifying. Um, rebellious children, um, you should kill them. That's good to know. And um, I don't think that's the answer, but okay. Yeah. And then this one's interesting too, because, um, you know, a lot of the slave laws, I think, are pulled from the Bible, like um, the American ones and like the European ones for the transatlantic slave trade. But it's interesting when they started lynching black men, like they would make it a point to like leave their bodies up. I thought about that when they talked about um, putting them in the tree. But it's like, was that like intentional just so they were extra cursed? I think so. Yeah. That's, I, I literally thought about it. That was the thing that popped in my head. Yeah. That's so sad. Because like, it's a disrespectful thing. You, you've is. already killed somebody and then you leave them hanging. You're like, it's just like, it's it's very Ooh. dishonoring. Now, uh, it looks like next time on the Bible Breakdown, we will be discussing laws concerning sexual relations. I'm sure it'll be very ethical. And I um, oh, can't wait to touch that. Um, sanitary ritual and humanitarian precepts. I bet it doesn't involve soap and miscellaneous laws. So I'm sure they won't be creepy. And laws concerning marriage and divorce. Okay. And I'm sure those will be equitable and not creepy and scary at all. Uh, now we see, now we're getting into some good topics. <laughs> you like the rules. I like, I like the stories I, more. I, honestly, I really mm, prefer a narrative. Um, to me, I like, I like the, the rules. Pictures. Yeah, the rules. Just are... let me know what the rules of the game are. That's all I need to know. Yeah. Ugh. I don't. I don't. I like. I like the stories when they actually. I don't know. Like you know the, the like the hits like the Noah's Ark story was good. I like the story most. The Moses story was good, but it dragged on way too long. So, like, I do like the stories, but then they're, like, sometimes they either drag on too long or they become these stories that are, like, this was, I didn't need to know this. Particularly, like, everything that we've had with the Levites, Hibites, like, you know, that whole family tree of people where it's just, like, this this wasn't necessary, per se. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, Bible, this was not the episode where we started, uh, or at least where I started believing in you. Um, I'm just not um, convinced that this is something we should uh, give a privileged position to. I think this is one of the, just as far as content-wise, I think this is one of the best episodes we've had um, in a while, just because yeah. it gave us a lot to talk about. Um that's true. I really enjoyed like in the rules and stuff and like talking about the ethics, morality of that. And then we get to do more of that next week, um, particularly in like one of my favorite subjects when it comes to sexuality and, um, you know, how we should deal with this man woman dynamic. Yeah, we're not we're not really killing it. We are not. <laughs> you know, as a society, but I have to say it's better than this. You know what I'm saying? Where we just have like the female captive rules. Like I just, I, I cannot imagine how, for one, because what's sad is that it's, it, you know, it still happens, you know? 
like so many women are treated as possessions as so many in so many places around the world and it makes me sad to think about as a man i have tried to do my best to speak out against moments of that even more so i feel i find myself doing that a lot more lately actually i didn't realize how (sighs) shitty a lot of guys are um but man are they out there but also just as a human being um i've definitely had moments of being a fuck nigga and doing stuff um and so it makes me think of that um in contrary to a lot of my beliefs and like are these rooted in misogyny um, or not particularly, I'll give an example and then we can, you know, kind of get out of here. Um, I was on Twitter always, as always the other day. And <laughs> this guy made a point. He tweeted something. He said, I was out to dinner. I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, I was out to dinner w- with a, a woman. She offered to pay and I let her and she was quiet all the way home. And he was like, you know, I'm getting tired of people like, no, he said she offered to fake pay, which, and I let, and I went ahead and t- told her, go ahead. She was quiet all the way home. It's basically just a story. And I found that hilarious, first of all, um, because having been in situations where I feel like some women do try to do that or hearing a situation, I thought it was hilarious because it's like, I don't like being around people who don't actually want to do something. So don't say you want to pay or act like you don't try to pay and you don't. And I sent that to a friend of mine. And she sent me something back and said, this is misogynistic. And I said, how so? And then she basically was like, well, you know, I feel I find it kind of misogynistic because, you know, he didn't have to do that because or if that's how he felt, that's fine. But then him going online to like convey convey it is kind of like you're just trying to shit on women. Yeah. I didn't know. I was like, I can see that point. But also, too, like, don't front. Like, that's my whole thing. I don't even do that thing where it's like, oh, do you want me to pay? No. Like, if I know this is a date and he asks me out, I'm not, I'm not even going to play that game. It's like, yeah, you're paying. I'll, I'll, I'll usually like uh, volunteer leave the tip. I think that is, first of all, the sign of manners. I think also, though, whoever initiates it, I think that's who should pay. Um, but there's room to, for both people to pay, depending on the situation, depending on whatever. But I think the sign of like a good, just foundation is like, Hey, if I'm paying for this, you leave the tip. Or if like, we're going to a movie, maybe I'll buy the tickets. Maybe you get the snacks. Like, I think that just helps to build a, a good stepping stone. I will say though, like, I like it when men just insist on it. They're just like, Nope, Nope. I got it. Nope. Of course you do. Yeah. It's awesome. So, I mean, it's just it just goes to show like it, it to me, it indicates how much you like me. Like if a guy lets me pick up the tab, you don't really like me that much. And like mm-hmm. for the men who are just like, no, absolutely not. Like every time we go out, I got you. That's going to communicate to me like this. He really because I know you don't treat every woman like that. So it's like that just to me, like for a woman, and like see. depending on what you're looking for, like there's different communications, but we need to go. This has been an action. Well, can I get my last thought out? No. And then we can go? I talked wow. last. Wow. No, wow. no. Okay. I just feel like I agree with some of that. I also think that depending on the type of woman that can also come out is very entitled or very selfish. 
What? Um, just expecting the guy to pay all the time. Well, I mean, it's just it's just a form of communication. Like you're, it's no matter what. Like that is a form of communication. So to me, that communicates a certain level of interest. There's different levels of interest. Everyone's entitled to their level of interest. No, absolutely. And we've broken this down before. And I'm a guy who doesn't mind paying. I just know that having conversations with other people, um particularly who like i don't want a guy to pay for me because i feel like if he pays for me then i owe him something like he's gonna want me to have sex with him and sure. i don't feel like that but that's so also like, communicating you're not that necessarily into him because like if mm, exactly yeah so preach queen that's all i want <laughs> i just want people to understand that if we are gonna have these unwritten rules of communication this is what this communicates i don't mind paying for women but also like i there is another level there's another side to that so that's all and like i'm not saying like if a guy pays for you that you owe him sex that's not what I'm i saying. think that's what he was saying everybody you heard it <laughs> good night I'm saying at all <laughs> you guys heard I it i just feel no, like no no we're going through those rules we are going through a social landmine right now so Absolutely. yeah the whole thing is like yeah doing it like that um i felt like it's mean-spirited like i'm not i don't want to go out of my way to humiliate anyone if we're just trying to like go on a date you know what i'm saying like let's just try to keep it nice um you know even if she was just like you know bullshit and just like let that's a lot of times like a lot of the in, the first time you meet people you don't keep it 100 percent real there's that bullshit politeness people do so just if you don't if you didn't want to be polite that's you nobody has to but it does make things awkward because that's you know kind of like social that you know lubes the wheels of society i guess and on that note i plan to break more of this down with some content that i have coming soon boom boom so we'll talk about that in more depth because i love these conversations yeah, um did we, did we did next time on bible breakdown so yeah uh, thank you for tuning in this week. This was a great episode. I think I think we had a lot more level-headedness this time around. And reach out, uh, Bible Breakdown Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. All right. Your Thanks. body belongs to you. Uh. Peace. <laughs>